As always, is happy to be here with all of you and to hear little one, right? When I heard this, I think that worshiping God in that way, look at that here. And the, and the thing is, the gospel is about the children as well. Look at that. Yeah. Trusting always, mom and dad. All right, now, good, uh, three beautiful readings today. The story of creation of man and a woman by God in the second chapter of the book of Genesis is not a scientific account of the creation of the first human couple. We know that. Instead, it is a symbolic interpretation of the relationship between man and the woman and between them and God. In other words, it is about the bond of love that marriage creates between a man and a woman and the bond that God intends to be permanent. The first reading indicates that the woman is to stand alongside the man as his equal. She corresponds to him exactly. The man affirms, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. If you come to the church today, just tell your, your wife, okay, like this. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. While the man names the animals, this is very important, proposing a specific authority over them, animals. He does not name the woman. Why? The primary, primary relationship between the man and the woman is adult human to adult human. From the beginning, God intended men and women to relate to one another as a mutual partners. According to our first reading, that relationship of mutual partnership between and the man and the woman finds its fullest expression in marriage. A man leaves his father and mother and joins himself to his wife and they become one flesh, one body. I remember many years ago, probably it was 20, 20, 22, 23 years old, and I told my, my dad, I want to become a, a priest. And he said, the Bible says that a man leaves his father and mother and joins himself to his wife, and they become one flesh, one body. And you don't want to, to get married? And I said, okay, well, different vocation, yeah? And he said, God wants you to get married. And he said, you, you won't have a wife, kids, no children. And he said, no, dad. He said, okay, I don't understand this. But I think that at the end, he, he so. He supported my, my vocation. For my dad, marriage was necessary, essential. I told him I wanted to give my life to Jesus and serve his church. Now, as a priest, what I can do for married couples, 
for future married couples, I, I can pray. Yeah? If one day you need prayers, just come up to me, email me, call me, or in the Nardex, after the Eucharist, just say, Father, pray for me, pray for my marriage, for my husband, for my wife. Just like that. I'm not going to ask questions, I promise. Huh? The most important thing is to pray, just to pray for you. Today's gospel gives Christ explicit teaching on marriage and divorce, the divine origin and marriage, the sacredness of family life, and the indissolubility of marriage. The gospel teaches that family life is sacred, the husband and wife are partners with equal rights. Jesus talked about the divorce because the Jewish law made provision for divorce. The only issue of debate among the religious leaders was the grounds for divorce. According to Jewish law, only the men could initiate divorce processings, whatever the grounds. The woman was not free to do the same. The divorce laws gave freedom to men that they did not give to women, and it left women vulnerable to being caught adrift by their husbands. The bill of divorce that the husband had to put into his wife's hand gave her only limited protection, enabling her to marry again. In that context, Jesus' teaching was intended to protect women. It reminded men in particular of their obligation to love their wives and honor their wives as they would their own body, rather than seeing her almost as a piece of property they could dispose of when it suited them. Jesus went back beyond that the Jewish law had come to allow the God's original intentions as expressed in the book of Genesis, according to which husband and wife are to become one body, one loving union. Therefore, marriage is a union based on committed, sharing and forgiving, sacrificial love. It requires mutual adjustment, much mutual generosity and tremendous goodwill to forgive and ask for forgiveness. So we know now about theology, about this first reading, second reading, and the gospel. Beautiful readings. Now, how to, to make a marriage work. This is good. Uh, I like to recommend books, and then I highly recommend this one, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. Yeah? Can be as a gift, you can read it. Yeah? Kids, adult children can give parents the seven principles for making marriage work. Okay? If you want to know more about your marriage, go ahead. Just read it. It's beautiful. When I, for, it was in second theology uh, for my class, sexuality and vocation. Probably you may say, Father, you don't know anything about marriage. Well, probably not, right? 
But I told you, I can pray for you. And also, another book, Perspectives on Marriage. This is another one. Any kind of topics related or on marriage, you can find in here. Perspectives on Marriage. Kieran Scott, Michael Warren as well. It can be as a gift as well. You can read it, you can get it as well. Beautiful books. Okay, now how to make a marriage work. I'm gonna conclude my homily with this. There are many, many ways on how to make a marriage work. What I'm gonna say, you know now, but it's good to remember. Communication, both verbal and non-verbal, means union with, or to be united with one another. Husband and wife have to talk about things they are interested in. They also have to speak honestly about what is bothering them. No repressing and wait until the bottle bursts. It is also important to talk about hopes and dreams. It will be best if you understood each other's thoughts, moods, and emotions. The goal is not to make your partner conform, conform to your thoughts, emotions, and moods, but to help each other handle those personal feelings in healthy and positive ways. You also have to share the important values in life, virtues as well. Husbands and wives handle the problems very well together. Since you love each other, it is important to accept each other's faults and weaknesses as you wait for them to change. You may say, Father Emmanuel, I have tried this four steps, but sometimes don't work. Well, maybe you need kind of help like family counseling to work on looking at your spouse in reality, building trust, sharing the work of marriage, talking and listening, assessing your marriage, forgiveness in your marriage relationship. My friends, today in prayer, ask God for a healthy marriage or guide you to make a good decisions. If you live a happy marriage, good, keep going. But at the same time today, let us pray for all who experience separation. Also, let us reflect on these words. A marriage may be made in heaven, comes from God, but the maintenance must be done on earth. With God's help, as a center of your marriage, husband and wife always find it easier to love, to accept, to enjoy, to forgive, and to trust.